This morning, I want to just do the last message in this series that we're calling, or we've been calling Monday to Saturday. I want to quickly review and then get into this morning's message as we talk about being ministers of God, the emptiest ministry, Monday to Saturday ministry. Now, what we've done so far is just emphasizing that as believers, it's more, uh, it's, you know, what we do Monday to Saturday is probably more important than what we do in two to three hours in the service together here. Amen? What happens in our lives Monday to Saturday is very, very important. And that's what we've been emphasizing in this series. And we began by saying that there is a mandate, an emptiest mandate or a Monday to Saturday mandate on our lives. That Monday to Saturday, we have to live as believers. It's not enough that, you know, on Sunday morning, we come and we show everybody, look, I'm still alive, I'm still a believer, I'm still believing. See you next Sunday. No. Monday to Saturday, we have to live as believers. And so we kind of distilled that whole thought by saying, if we can practice these five things, we used our church acronym, A-P-C-W-O, and we said, if we can practice these five things consistently Monday to Saturday, then we will be able to live our life of faith throughout the week. A for altar, keep your altar aflame with passion for Jesus, with love for Jesus. P is presence, practice the presence of Jesus throughout the week. Do what he would do, do what you would do if he was there with you. See for community. Connect to a Christ-centered community. Maybe two or three people. It may be your life group. But connect with other believers. W for witness. Witness unashamedly through the course of the week. And offer outreach. Go beyond people that you're comfortable with. Go beyond your comfort zone and try to reach people. Touch people. Minister to people that uh, you may not be accustomed to reaching readily. Then we talked about the emptiest missionaries. Where we said, you know, uh, we looked at life examples of people in, in all walks of life who've made a difference Monday to Saturday. They were missionaries. And we encouraged ourselves by saying, look, we are missionaries Monday to Saturday. We are people on a heavenly mission. Whatever vocation, whatever walk, whatever stage of life you are in right now, you are a missionary. You have a mission to fulfill. Then we talked about last Sunday, the emptiest miracle. Simply saying that, you know, God is not restricted to the Sunday morning service to do something special. Amen? Oh, two hours. You better pray all your prayers. Better make all your requests because otherwise you have to come back next Sunday. And God's on leave Monday to Saturday. That's not true. In fact, the reality is God works more outside the church. Outside the house, the the, the gatherings. Monday to Saturday. And so we were challenged to expect God to do something through the course of this week. In you and through you, expect miracles Monday to Saturday. Amen? This morning, I want to talk about ministry Monday to Saturday. And the objective is to encourage all of us to integrate ministry to the daily course of life Monday to Saturday. Many of us, when we think about ministry, we think about, you know, Oh, standing up on the pulpit and preaching or doing something, you know, that will be considered ministry uh, by most people. But this morning, hopefully, that's going to change. And our perspective of what ministry is, hopefully, will change this morning. What is ministry? Ministry is anything and everything you do, which is God-ordained. Any God-ordained activity is ministry. Let me repeat it again. Any God-ordained activity is ministry. Ministry is doing anything as to the Lord 
for the glory of God and for the purpose of his kingdom. Anything you do as unto the Lord for the glory of God and for the purpose of his kingdom is ministry. Do we all understand that? Preaching is ministry, but so is teaching your kids something. I'm starting to figure out which subject to pick here. <laughs> That's ministry. We'll talk about it a little later. Anything you do as unto the Lord, for the glory of God and for his purpose, is ministry. And here's what I want to challenge us with. All of life, as a believer, for you, all of life is ministry. So I never heard that before. Well, you just did. As a believer, all of life is ministry. So no, no, no. I thought preaching the Bible is ministry. Casting out devils is ministry. Prayer is ministry. Yes, that's ministry. But everything else you do is also ministry. Because the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, talking about Jesus... It says, and from Jesus Christ, Jesus speaking, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Verse 6 says, he has made us kings and priests. You are a king and a priest all the time. Amen? Let me just repeat it. I need to repeat it so that it really sinks in. You are a king and a priest all the time. Not just on Sunday morning when you come to church. You are a king and a priest all the time. He has made you a king and a priest. As a king, you bring the government of God into earth. You bring heaven on earth. That's your responsibility as a king. To bring the government of God here on earth. You're here to see His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's your role as a king. As a priest, you take the matters of earth to heaven as a priest. What's happening here on earth? You take it to God in prayer and say, God, here's what's happening. Here's what we want you to intervene in. You are a king and a priest. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Amen. So for you, all of life is ministry. Yes? Because either you're doing something as a king or something as a priest. So all of life is ministry. All that you do, you're doing it as to the Lord for the glory of God and for the purpose of His kingdom. In fact, the Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of whatever you do. All of life, whatever you do, do it for the glory of So this is what I want to challenge all of us here. Monday to Saturday, you are in ministry. Do you know that in the New Testament, there is no such thing as part-time anointing? In the New Testament, there is no part-time anointing. You're either anointed or you're not anointed. Paul says, God has anointed us. So you are anointed. And therefore, in the New Testament, there is no such thing as part-time ministry. All of us are in full-time ministry. Amen. So I never heard that before. You just did. You are a king and a priest all the time. You are in full-time ministry. You're anointed all the time. Now you may not feel the anointing. You may not be operating the anointing all the time. But you're anointed all the time. The Holy Spirit doesn't visit you on Sunday mornings. He dwells in you. He rests upon you. You are a minister of God. Full-time. All the time. So none of us are in part-time ministry. 
That's a wrong understanding. You are in full-time ministry all the time. He didn't make us part-time kings and priests unto God his Father. We are full-time all the time. Kings and priests unto God. So, here's the key thing I want you to take back with you this morning. And that is, all of life is ministry as a believer. And ministry happens Monday to Saturday and on Sunday. And therefore, we must learn to blend ministry with whatever we are doing in life, with our vocation, with our current position in life. Blend it. Let it happen through the course of the week, Monday to Saturday. That's why you heard it said very often here in church. You know, at APC, every believer is a minister. Every believer is a minister of God. Amen? And if you, I just want to remind you about the message we preached last year on tending the garden. In that message, there were many, several key points that we brought out. I just want to re- remind you of those things. But, you know, in our minds, the wrong thinking that we have is this. We often relegate ministry to a certain activity that we do at a, a certain time of the week. You know, maybe on Friday evenings, I go to life group and we do stuff there. That's ministry for me. Or Saturday morning or Sunday, I do something, I help out in church. That's my ministry. Now, sure, that is ministry. But we have compartmentalized ministry to a certain activity that we do at a certain given time of the week. But we need to change that and understand that all of life is ministry. Everything I do, Monday to Saturday and on Sunday, is ministry. And ministry must just be a normal part of my life. I am a minister of God, a king and a priest to God throughout the week. Amen? So in tending the garden, here are some of the key things we brought out. We said, you know, work was designed by God. Do we all agree to that? God instituted work for Adam. He didn't put Adam in the garden and said, Adam, now you're going to be like one of my worshiping angels. You'll just worship me from the garden 24 hours a day. God didn't say that. God put Adam in the garden. He said, Adam, in as much as we're going to exchange, enjoy each other's presence and company, I also want you to do some work. I want you to tend the garden. I want you to take care of the garden. And I want you to guard it, protect it, keep it, preserve it. Meaning, I've got some work for you to do. Work was designed by God. Work is a God-ordained activity. And therefore, work is ministry. So I didn't hear about that before. You just did. Work is ministry. Why? Because God designed it. You're doing something God has ordained. The thing is balanced. You say immediately we think about Mary and Martha. You know, Jesus rebuked Martha because she was working. He approved Mary because she sat at his feet. True. But he didn't say, Mary, this is all you need to do. Mary chose the good part, but I'm sure Jesus told Mary, go and preach the gospel. Amen? There's a balance here. And when you're working, when you're putting aside time to work in your job and wherever you are, that is your ministry. It's a God-ordained activity. It's a sacred thing for a believer. In a believer's life, as I said, there is nothing secular. Everything is sacred because you are a king and a priest under God all the time. Amen? So here are the things we said about Work, about working in the garden. In the message teaching, the intending the garden, here are the five key insights. And I'm just repeating it. We said, worship would have continued throughout the work day. So worship would not have happened on some, you know, designated two hours on Sunday. It would have continued Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Throughout the work day, Adam would worship God. And worship and work would both be unto God. 
Adam wouldn't say, you know, God, when I worship, I'm doing something for you. When I'm working, I'm doing this silly thing for my boss who doesn't know what's happening. No. Both worship and work would be unto the Lord. Lord, I'm doing this for you. It's unto the Lord. And then God would have been at work. God's creative abilities would have been released through him and and, uh, discovering and harnessing everything God's put in nature would have been an exciting thing for Adam. God would be there at work. Fruitfulness and multiplication and increase would be a natural outcome of Adam's efforts and work would, would be an enjoyable thing. So the point I want to emphasize here is this, that understand that Monday to Saturday when you are at work, you are actually doing something that God designed. You're not doing something secular. You're doing something sacred. God designed it. You're doing it unto the Lord. You're doing it as unto Him. For His glory. And for His purpose. The moment you begin to see your work that way. You'll see it as ministry. Not as something you do just to earn some money. Amen. I don't know how many of you agree with me. But that's okay. Just more on. Point number two. No, it's okay. At home. What you do at home is also ministry. You know, when you cook your breakfast, you're making breakfast for your family, in taking care of your family, you're doing ministry. You say, how can that be? Who designed the home? God or the devil? Who designed the family? God or the devil? Who told the husband, the wife to take care of the family? God or the devil? So everything you do in the home, everything you do in the family is God ordained. Therefore, it is ministry. Amen? You're cooking your breakfast for your family. Nobody says an amen. But it is ministry. They might say, oh me, again, the same thing, you know. But yet that is ministry. It's a sacred thing because God designed it. You're doing something that God has designed. And what you do in your home, in ministering to your spouse, your husband, your wife, what you do in you know, helping your children learn their studies or disciplining them or doing something for your children, that is ministry because it's something God ordained you to do. Are you listening? Many of us think ministry, oh, I'm preaching the Bible, I'm healing the sick, casting out that is ministry. My children, what a lot of headache, what a headache they are. You know, they take so much of my time, they're wasting my ministry time. No, 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 no. When you're ministering to your kids, when you're serving your kids, when you're helping them, you're disciplining them, that is ministry. Probably more important than what you do preaching the word. I'll give you chapter and verse for it. In First Timothy. Chapter 5, verses 4, 7, and 8. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4, 7, and 8. It says this, verse 4. I'm just picking out a few verses. You can read the whole of chapter 5 later if you wish. Just to let you know that what you do in your home is sacred. It's unto the Lord. It's ministry. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4. Paul writes, he says, if there's any widow, he's writing to the local church congregation. He says, if there's any widow, if any widow has children or grandchildren, Let them first learn to show piety, to show their faith, to show their ministry where? At home. And to repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. What's he saying? You know if there's any widow in the church, any mother, father, uh, parent there who, who has children and has grandchildren. He says, children, grandchildren, here's something I want to tell you. You need to first, everybody say first. That means before you come and do something in church. First, show piety at home. Meaning show your faith. What you believe, let it show at home. How? By taking care of your parents or your grandparents. You thought it was only Indian custom. It's in the Bible. 
sowing piety at home. Amen. And then it says, this is good and acceptable in God's eyes. This is a good thing to do. It's ministry. It's sacred in God's eyes. When you are serving your parents or your grandparents. Are you listening? That's ministry. It's good and acceptable. And do it first, he says. And then he continues. And I'm skipping a few verses. And we go down to verse 7. He says, these things command that they may be blameless. So don't preach it the way Pastor Ashes preaches. It's soft. He said, command it. All you young people, thou shalt take care of your parents. He said, these things command. Meaning, preach it with some. Be strict about this thing, he says. Because they need to be blameless before God. I haven't reached that state. I'm just trying to work on it. So, anyway, he says, so it's important. You need to command the congregation to do this. And then he says in verse 7, if anyone, verse 8, if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his house or anybody, so any person is a married man or whatever, he doesn't take care of his family, especially those of his own home, very strong words. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's pretty strong. Why? Because what you do at home is very important to God. What you do at home is your first ministry to your family. Amen. So begin to see what you do at home. Making wives, making the food that sometimes your children eat and sometimes they don't. Husbands, you know, you, when you wash your dish, wife's dishes and when you make the bed at home and you sweep the floor. Any husbands do those things? I just does it. Amen. <laughs> so husbands, when you do these things at home, when a wife tells you to go buy groceries and and parents, when you take care of your children, when you sit down and, you know, I'm sitting down with Johnny trying to help him learn, you know, biology. What kingdom purpose does it serve? Listen, when you sit down with Johnny and teach him biology, you are preparing him for his future. So that in his future, he can have an impact for the kingdom of God. You are raising up a man or a woman of God. You're listening. You're doing ministry. So at home, Monday to Saturday, see ministry in everything you do. Don't just think that ministry is what I do from the pulpit on, what I do on Sunday morning. or That's not it. Everything you do in your home is a sacred thing unto God as a believer. And if you will do it as for the Lord, as for His glory, and as for a kingdom purpose, you will immediately see ministry in everything that happens. Students in your school and college, that's ministry. Say, you know, what good can it be when I'm sitting in class and trying to learn these lessons? See yourself as preparing for a future where you can make a difference for the sake of God's kingdom. You're not going to get a job without a certain education, without a certain kind of training. And so as you study, give it all. Do it as to the Lord. Lord, I'm studying. This is my ministry at this stage of my life. I'm studying for unto you. For your glory and for the purpose of your kingdom. Because one day when I'm through with this course or this degree, what I'm studying towards, I can go get a job. I can position myself in this world where I can have impact and influence for the kingdom of God. Your studies is ministry. Because you're doing it as to the Lord. And when you're in school and you're meeting with friends, look at opportunity for ministry. Just let ministry blend in with what you're doing in your school and college. Because in your school and college, your principal may never invite an evangelist to come and speak to the students. But you are there. He doesn't know that you are a king and a priest in tattered jeans and torn t-shirt and smelling bad. But you are a king and a priest undercover. And you are there. You can make a difference in the lives of all the others. 
for around you. Where an evangelist or a preacher or a priest can never go. You're there. Ministry happens. Monday to Saturday. On your job, those of you work, and I've said this, but I just want to bring your attention to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. I'll read it first from the, the New King James, and then I'll just kind of modernize it. It says that in King, New King James, bond servants. That's a word we're not accustomed to. But he says, bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling and sincere of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Now, we are not used to this terminology, so let me just modernize it and give you Ephesians 6, 5 and 6, the modern day APC, modernized APC version. It says, employees, be obedient to those who are your managers, according to the flesh. I haven't modernized that part here. With fear and trembling and sincere of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as employees of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. What's Paul saying? You know, you, you're going to work for somebody else. Whatever you do, he says, do it, you know, not as a way to please your manager, your boss, your supervisor, but do it as an employee of Christ. You are first and foremost an employee of Christ before you're an employee of your natural earthly boss or manager or whoever, whichever organization you work for. You're an employee of Christ. And so in your place of work, you are. A minister of Jesus first. Amen. And so whatever you do, do it with your whole heart. As to your main boss, Jesus Christ. Do it as to him. Amen. I want to challenge all of us that, you know, in, in our workplace, we are doing ministry. Ministry is not something that I do only on Sunday. In my place of work, whether you're working Monday to Saturday, that's ministry. I'm doing it as to the Lord. I'm an employee of Jesus in this place. Jesus is my boss. He's the one who's employed me. I'm reporting to him. See yourself that. You're an employee of Christ. Amen. I like uh, Dr. Anita Uman is here. And she's part of it. She was part of ABC Manglore. She's now here with us. And I like what she's doing. She's a professor at a medical college. I don't know the name of the college and all that. But she's a professor in, uh, at a medical college. And she's, I've, over the last several weeks, she's come and shared. You know, there are times when she has uh, shared with her students the faith. Led many of them to the Lord. Last Sunday she came and shared. She has written a book. A medical book. And uh, every chapter in the book. Starts with a verse. Wonderful. First of all preachers cannot write medical books. There goes that opportunity. But in the medical college. It's written a book. Every chapter starts with a verse. And so the publisher came. One of the people from the publishing company. Came to meet her. And started talking to her about this. And why is there a verse in every chapter. And to use that opportunity to lead him to the Lord. And he came to church. Wow. Blending ministry with normal work. You're a minister of God Monday to Saturday. Now, how powerful the church would be if all of us did that Monday to Saturday. Seeing ourselves as employees of Christ and saying, look, you know, wherever I go, I'm a minister of God. I'm, I'm going to do really well in my work. And as opportunities happen, I'm just going to share Jesus. Now, I remember, I remember one quote. I forget who, who, mentioned, who stated this first. But here's the quote. It says, preach at all times. Use words when necessary. Preach at all times. In your workplace, you're preaching all the time. And every now and then, you're going to get an opportunity to use words and share the message. But you're preaching all the time as an employee of Christ. Amen? And of course, in, your, in other things that you do in life, even in your recreation, use it. As a way to glorify God. 
And in church, in this house, of course, you can minister, you can do things, you can serve God, you can uh, do things for Him, for His glory and for His purpose. But here's what I want to uh, just touch upon here, that, you know, in trying to serve in the house of God, don't assume or don't get into this wrong idea that only preaching the word and only those things are ministry. Everything you do in the house of God is ministry. Because you're doing it unto the Lord for His glory and for His purpose. I just want to bring your attention to a couple of verses in 1 Corinthians 12 as Paul is uh, describing to us the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, 14, 18, and 22, he says this. He says in verse 14, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. He says, look at the body. There's not just one member, but it has many members. There's a hand, the eye, the ear, the nose, everything. Each one has its own place. It has its own function. It has its own characteristics. It has its own strengths and its weaknesses. What it can do, what it cannot do. And he's saying that's how the body of Christ is. It's got many members. Different people are part of the same body. Each one has their own role, has their own strengths, has their own giftings, has their own abilities. So we don't have to try to be copying somebody else. Just be yourself. Verse 18, he says, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. God has set you. God has determined your place in the body where He saw that you'd fit exactly. So you have a God-selected place for, your, for you in the body. Your role, your function in the body has been chosen for you by God. It doesn't have to be what somebody else is doing. But here's the key thing. He says in verse 22, No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. It is, they are really very necessary for the body. Amen? So whatever you do in the house of God, it may be something up on stage, it may be something that nobody else sees. Keep this in your heart. That's ministry. You're doing it for the Lord. You're doing it unto the Lord for His glory and for His purpose. And even though it might be very small, it's very important. It's necessary in the house of God. Amen? All of us have a role and a function to play in the house of God, in the church, in the ministry. So I want to give you some practical do's and don'ts before we wrap this up. You know, as you try to blend ministry with your everyday life and vocation, whatever you are doing, Monday to Saturday, here are some things to keep in mind. First of all, be bold about it. Don't be afraid. If somebody calls you and says, hey, where did you go Sunday morning? Uh, I went to Joseph's College. Joseph's College Sunday morning. For what? Uh, There was a gathering of people there. I went. Come on, why don't you just say, Sunday morning I went to church or I went to worship Jesus. Be bold. Yes, it happened that our church meets at Joseph's College. But you really went to worship Jesus. Amen? So be bold. What, where, what did you Sunday morning? I went to worship God. I went to worship Jesus. Oh, oh, why do you go to worship Jesus? Because my great-grandfather was a Christian? No. Because I believe in Jesus. Be bold about your faith. Amen? Don't give this cop-out answers. My great-grandfather was a Christian. What does he care about your great-grandfather being a Christian? What would matter to him if, if you said, I went to church because I believe in Jesus. That's going to get him thinking. Be bold. Amen. Don't be afraid to testify of what you believe or what you do. Jesus said, if you confess me before men on earth, I will confess you before my father who is in heaven. 
But if you deny me here on earth, if you're ashamed of me here on earth, I have no choice but to be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven, he said. So be bold about your faith. But while you're doing this, the second simple thing is this. Be natural. Flow seamlessly. Meaning, let ministry just blend in with your everyday life. You know, it doesn't have to be like, you know, a few moments in your office, you're so angry with your computer, you're, you're cursing it, you're cursing your network administrator, you're cursing your manager, this computer doesn't work, this monitor's gone, the CPU's gone, and suddenly you get a call from somebody in your life group, uh, hello brother, can you pray for me? And say, oh yes, yes, praise the Lord, brother, praise the Lord, and, and off you go, and you know, you're suddenly spiritual. Uh, it's like this chameleon that changes color from, you know, brown to green suddenly. You've gone from being terribly natural to being superly spiritual. And then you pray all these things. I cast every devil out. I bind the spirit. I release the angels. And then you close the phone. Then you come back and you start cursing the computer, shouting at him, shouting at your boss. Please, don't compartmentalize who you are. Just flow. Be natural. Do your work. Sure, the computer may be bad. Things may be not so good. But say, God, you know, you placed me here. Whatever we have, I'm going to celebrate you. I'm doing it as unto the Lord. And a call comes from your life. Hi, yeah. How are you doing? Fine. Just flow in it. Just, just be normal. Be natural. Just flow seamlessly between what you're doing as what you would call as a natural job on your work and between doing what you would think as a spiritual thing. Just flow between these two things. Just blend them. Let them flow together in your life as two streams from the same source. Amen. You don't have to be any different when you're doing your job and when you're praying for somebody. Be the same. I've got to spend some time with uh, Vijay Chandy, and uh, I don't see him here. I think he's, uh, he's traveling. And uh, over a couple of months, I've got to get to know him. And here's what I find very interesting. He's one of us here in Central Church. He's a senior manager in a large company, and he come, came and set it up. So he's, he's a very important position there. What I've got to really uh, spending time with him, we meet once in two weeks. And uh, what I've really got to really imp- uh, appreciate about him is the way he blends... Uh, his role as a senior manager and with bringing in the principles of the word of God. Now, in a secular organization, in that kind of a setting, you can't preach Jesus, you can't talk about the Bible, and you're not supposed to. And he being the senior manager can't do that, of course. But he, he just blends in the principles of the word on faith and other things that we talk about in church. He just blends it in into his team meetings and his meeting with his managers, etc. And that's just so amazing. He doesn't have to say, excuse me, I was your manager, now I am a preacher. Turn in your Bibles. You know, they probably turn them out the door. You know. But it just flows together. He's a manager, and yet he brings what a preacher would bring in that setting. It's a great example. How wonderful it would be if all of us just did that. Just flow seamlessly between being a, a professional and being a king and a priest and a God. Just, you're, you're the same all the time. Just flows what you do. And third thing, very important, don't forget this, don't be obnoxious. Don't be unbearable in, your, in what you do Monday to Saturday. So what do you mean? You know, if you become hyper-spiritual, people will find you obnoxious. You know, somebody sat on the chair, the chair fell down, you say, oh, that's the devil, I'll rebuke the devil. That's being a little obnoxious, because maybe the chair was weak, or maybe they were too heavy for the chair, whatever the reason. <laughs> the chair fell down. It's not the devil's fault. But some of us get so hyper-spiritual, we begin to say, you know, I need to cast that spirit out from the fourth leg in that chair. 
And you know, soon people will begin to distance, distance themselves away from you. And you're wondering why. Maybe you got a revelation this morning. Don't be hyper spiritual. People can't relate to you. You got a stomach upset and say, oh, the devil's attacking me. First, ask the question, what did you eat last night? Maybe it's not the devil attacking you. Maybe you ate something that didn't settle, sit well with your stomach last night. As simple as that. So you call 24 people, the devil's attacking me. I got a stomach upset. Please pray for me. You waste their time. All you need to do is be careful what you eat. If you ate something wrong, clean your stomach. Go on with it. Amen. Sorry for that example. Let's say. <laughs> the point is this. When you get hyper-spiritual and start doing silly things like this, People detest your presence. And Monday to Saturday, you can't have effective ministry. And don't be stupid. Use wisdom. Right now, you're sitting a sheep among sheep. Monday to Saturday, you're sheep among wolves. And the instruction Jesus gave us is this. I'm sending you as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Amen? It's okay to be a little stupid in church among the sheep because we can tolerate that. But in the world, be wise. I'm sending you as sheep among wolves. Be wise like serpents, harmless as doves. You're not going to hurt anybody, but you need to be wise in the way you conduct yourself, in the way you do things, the way you plan your life, the way you order your life. He said, be wise. Monday to Saturday, you're a minister of God. Amen? So let's wrap up this series the emptiest mandate. Every one of us carry a mandate on our lives. We are believers Monday to Saturday. Live as believers. We are missionaries. We are people on a mission. That's the emptiest mission. There are miracles that God wants to work through your life. Monday to Saturday. And finally, Monday to Saturday. You are a minister of God. You're a king and a priest under God. Monday to Saturday. Let ministry happen. Monday to Saturday. Let ministry flow through everything you do. See ministry. See something as to the Lord for His glory and for His purpose. At home, in your school, in your college, in your place of work, in everything you do, there is ministry. You're serving God. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.